You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I love when you get former players, especially really successful former players, just getting different perspectives. Because everybody sees the game a little bit different. You know, I'm a football historian guy. I, I grew up around it. Um, I love hearing, I don't want to call Jay and Jason, Jay and, uh, Jason old guys, but I like hearing old guys' stories. Um, and, and like I said, all those guys have played a lot of football. And not only did they play here as black shirts, but each of them played in the NFL for a variety of coaches. So they got a, they got a different perspective, and I think that's always good when they can talk to talk to guys about you know their background and, and different things they've seen. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was linebackers coach Barrett Rue discussing having Jason Peter and Jay Foreman around, and and we saw them out there Wednesday at, at practice, um, having a presence, and they've been around all off season. Um, in their volunteer roles, um, however you want to phrase what they're doing um, with the program, but they are around and have a presence. Um, and, you know, guys, I want to get on the defense right away here. Um, you know, this is a group that's fairly established. I don't think there's a lot of major questions. Yes, we have to figure out who one cornerback is going to be and rotations and whatnot. But I'll tell you, I think one of the bigger early storylines, at least to me, has been the emergence of Northern Iowa transfer Chris Kolarovic right away. And Luke Reimer talked about just what he's brought to the table, how he's fit in. And he said he's played a lot of football. He brings really good habits, meaning he knows how to do treatment on his body. He does the right things off the field um, on the weekends. I mean, that was about the most politically correct way to say he does not go to the Russian bottoms house parties like we probably did in college on the weekends. (laughs) Um, he, he, he's making the right choices. Um, but I I think he's fit right in and, you know, Nate, this was a story you reported way back when, when it happened. Um, and, and nobody really knew what to expect, but I I think when you look for a transfer portal guy, this is what you look for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, uh, this is a guy who was, has been very productive at, at Northern Iowa, was an all conference player, was probably in line to be, you know, defensive player of the year. Um, you know, had, had they played last season. And so, um, you know, given the fact that he got a free year, decided to go ahead and, and you know, test his luck at, at moving up a level. And, and so far, I think that's, you know, I think it's going to turn out to be a pretty good uh, gamble on yourself. He's going to have two years at Nebraska. And, you know, the way that Barrett Rood and these guys are talking about him, he's fit, fit in seamlessly. He's all business. And, uh, you know, he, he, he knows the game of football. He loves the game of football. And, you know, that he pretty much – when I talked with him when he committed, he's like – he goes, I'm kind of a boring guy. I, I eat, breathe, and sleep football. That's – I just love football. And, you know, I, I think that's pretty much a coach's dream. If, if you ask any of these guys, you know, what's your, what's your perfect player, that's – it's probably, you know, describe someone like Chris Kalorovic. Well, that's why Barrett Rude called him a natural football player because of all those things you mentioned. The guy loves football. And you remember when these staff took over, like that was one of the biggest priorities they wanted to find in recruiting was people players that – 
loved the game, not just the celebrity status and all that stuff that came with it, but just loved the sport of football. And I think uh, Klarovic definitely fits that mold. I mean, he's uh, all business, like you mentioned. He's a, one of the best workout guys that they have. You look at his testing scores or the, the numbers they put out, he scored as high as anybody on the team. Uh, and so physically, he's ready to go right now. Barrett said, uh, or Coach Root said, basically that the only thing that he's doing now is just mastering the schemes and you know the different terminology. And to an extent, adjusting to the speed of the Power 5 level compared to FCS. I mean, there's a bit of an adjustment there, but, uh, you know, Barrett Rude didn't seem all that concerned about him being ready to make an immediate impact this season. I love the pause that we all have before we say Kalorovic's name. Like, yeah. we all have this, like, <laughs> am I going to say it? Kalorovic. Some, sometimes we butcher names, so Wait, you got to well, make sure that we really get it done. And to Tori, um, like, some people really over, like, Samore Tore, you know, like, I mean, Tore. Like, some people really, really, like, get into, like, Samore Tore. Like, when, they, like, and I, I'm, I'm just kind of like Tori or Tore. But it, it, yeah, it's, it's, I, I digress here on the podcast <laughs> of the show, but, um, looking at this defense, Ben Stilley out, Joe, Joe Dolman out. We hit on that earlier. Um, but it's really going to give now on the defensive line, even more repetition, more opportunity, maybe a Marquise Black, maybe a Nash Hutmacher, um, you know, some of these younger Buckley. Buckley um, and you talk about freshmen that looked apart. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Um, Raquan Buckley, um, you know, came in at least physically looking the part ready to go. And um, it will be interesting to see what kind of repetition opportunities you guys, these guys can get. Well, that's going to be the story of the offseason for that D-line. I mean, with as much depth and returning experience that they have, even with Ben Stilley all out uh, with his injury, uh, reps are gold for that group right now. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Casey Rogers basically said it best. He said, you know, I love Ty Rogers to death. Like, he's one of my best friends. But I want every one of his reps. I want I want to get every rep that I possibly can, no matter what the cost. And it's not just a matter of cycling in for your turn. You got to earn those reps, especially with the top groups. I mean, uh, those are as valuable of a commodity as they've been in some time on the defensive line. And that level of competition, as we all know, is only going to breed a culture of success uh, with that group. With not only are they talented and they have a lot of bodies to work with, but every one of those guys is pushing each other to be as perfect as possible in the limited opportunities they get to, to be on the field with practice reps. Yeah, and when Ty Robinson would say the same thing, that he mm-hmm. wants all of Casey Rogers' reps and, and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, the, the encouraging thing is is that it's that, that's such a deep group. You can, you can go on down the line. We're talking about two young players in Rogers and Robinson to begin with. But you could go, you know, on down the line. There's there's a lot of young guys that have uh, that are that are there that are impressing, um, you know, that are also fighting for those reps too. So uh, that that defensive line, you know, they they are uh, a, a young, talented, deep group. And uh, you listen to Tuioti talk too. I mean, they got a chip on their shoulder too. They they feel like, um, you know, they they are kind of taking it upon themselves to really uh, raise the level of of not only the defense but the team as a whole. They want to accomplish great things. They want to live up to the Nebraska standard, and um, they're, they're kind of taking it personally. And I want to close here, guys, with special teams. Uh, I know it's not defense, but obviously a lot of defensive guys are going to play a key. Factor and, and you hope that's the case instead of having Cade Warner running down the field trying to make tackles on Aaron Crookshanks in, in, in New Jersey um, on kickoff returns. I mean, clearly the approach, as we know, was not the right approach. Um, and it's an emphasis. Mike Dawson has taken charge of it with Bill Bush behind the scenes. 
um, kind of working with both defense and special teams as an analyst. Uh, but that, too, has become a priority. And I'll be curious just how many starters play on that. This team is deeper, um, and I, I feel like they've gone back and forth. Is special teams an area to bring up younger guys and develop them, or should you just be putting your best guys out there? And I think they've battled with that a little bit. Well, I want to say, like, when that four-game redshirt rule passed, like, this staff overthought that so much, and it was a lot of special teams. They, they got were, cute with it. Yeah, they were just, like, mixing and matching and piecing together different guys against different opponents for who they could get on the field to utilize those four games, and it almost became this hindrance to where they were spending so much of the week trying to figure out how to even assemble their personnel on special teams that – not only was it uh, taking away from their preparations in other regards, but it made special teams not as good because there was no chemistry. There was no cohesiveness. This will be your game. Exactly. And this will so be your game, Nate. <laughs> hopefully they throw that philosophy out the window, set it on fire, and never look at it again uh, because they need to make special teams a essential priority. Uh, and I think that they've at least said all the right things that they're taking steps to do that. Yeah, in my opinion, it should be no different than the offensive line trying to find the five best offensive exactly. linemen. The defensive, you know, secondary trying to find the 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 four or five best DBs back there, uh, regardless of of what position they play. I mean, special teams should be comprised of the best players that are going to help you win the football game. Point, point, you know, period. And and I think that hopefully that's that's kind of what's taking place here. Whether that's you know a starter on offense or defense. Uh, or if that is a you know a newcomer that um, you know has kind of carved out a niche as being somebody who can make an early impact on special teams, it, it's got to be you know comprised of players that give you the best chance to to win that phase of the football game. All right, guys, we've been heavy with spring football talk, but there's been a lot that's gone on not only with football recruiting but also basketball. And Robin Washett in our next segment here is going to get us caught up to date. There's been a new coach hired, a new recruit added. So lots to hit on here with Robin Washett. And by the way, Tim Miles landed a new job, and we'll hit on all those things next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.